Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, the place to be for creating healthy, lasting, toe-curling relationships in midlife. And today, I am excited to be speaking with author, podcast host, speaker, and coach, Elizabeth D'Alto, about her search for love. And we are going to have a juicy conversation about finding love again after a breakup, after a move. This should be a really interesting conversation. For the last 11 years, I have helped women over 40 enter into the best relationships they've ever had and find the man of their dreams. And the secret is that they found their own value first. I call this the woman of value movement. And in the past few months, I have expanded my work to support women in business by giving them accessible tools to speak up and be heard so that they receive the respect and rewards that they deserve. Because women are speaking up more than ever before, but they're still not being heard and promoted the way they should be. Every week I bring you a tip on how to become a woman of value, and this week's tip is do not settle. I actually made a Facebook Live video this week for my private Facebook group, uh, Your Last First Date, and we talked about the difference between compromise and settle. Compromise is important in any healthy relationship, but you should never compromise the things that are essential to you. You should never, ever compromise your values. If you compromise your values, you are settling. You are settling for something or someone that is not right for you, and that takes its toll. Most of us have done this at some point in our lives. I certainly have. And um, so please do not settle. And before I bring Elizabeth on, I just wanted to let you know that I have a brand new program. It's called the Woman of Value Club. So if you want to learn how to make sense of dating and gain the confidence and skills to find epic love, I invite you to check out the Woman of Value Club. This is a monthly membership group. We have monthly calls twice a month and incredible support in the community for anybody who's tired of all the bad dating advice out there, this is dating advice and support that makes sense and helps you to value yourself and find men who really appreciate and respect and cherish you. So you can go to lastfirstdate.com, my website, and just click on the group coaching tab and you will learn all about the Woman of Value Club. And now I am excited to announce my special guest. Elizabeth Tialto is known for her raw, honest, and grounded approach to self-help and spirituality. She's an integrative spiritual counselor, the creator of Wild Soul Movement, an author, and the host of the popular podcast, Truth Telling with Elizabeth Tialto. I love this podcast, and listening to it, I've been introduced to some amazing, amazing thought leaders and truth tellers, um, really, really inspiring Elizabeth has been a teacher, a leader, a speaker, a coach, and a trainer to groups and individuals for over 15 years. 
She works with women all across the globe through her digital programs and speaking engagements, and she also works in person at intensives, retreats, workshops, and through her training, teacher, teacher training, the Wild Soul Movement Teacher Training. Her greatest mission in life is to help those who identify as women worldwide to reclaim and redefine their own womanhood and contribute to a new paradigm of culture where it's both safe and natural for women to love, trust, and accept themselves fully. I absolutely love, love her mission. In Teen Shape magazine listed her alongside Dr. Oz, Ellen, Jillian Michaels, and Tim Ferriss as a top 30 motivator. She's written for and been featured in many important publications. And aside from being a prolific creator and community builder, she's also an insatiable learner and a sensualist who loves spas and bathtubs dancing, especially salsa, reading, traveling, spending time in nature, and she has a laugh that's been described as a sound bath of sunshine and joy. She also has a whole new profession that we're going to talk about a little bit today in comedy. So join me now for episode 331, The Search for Truth and Real Love with Elizabeth D'Alto. Hello, Elizabeth. Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you. Welcome to the show. Yay. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm excited to talk to you. I've been a fan for a long time. And I was first introduced to your work through Untame Yourself, where Mm. um, my friend and uh, colleague, Isabel Rizzo, I don't know if you know her personally, but she had recommended the book. She had loved it. And it just spoke to me because it's so much about my mission and the work I do with clients. And I wanted to talk to you about that for just a moment. Um, You you have a nine-minute morning ritual in the book. And I've actually, I've talked to clients and recommended that they, number one, read the book, which they've loved, but also to do this morning ritual because I've seen so many women start their day with the news, with email, with all kinds of things that suck the life out of them. So can you tell our audience about the ritual and why do you feel it's so important? Yeah. Oh, my God. Thank you for asking. And it's I love divine timing. So check this out. Today on Instagram, I just wrapped up a 30-day writing devotional. And Mm -hmm. the thing that I decided to write about today was about, like, how you begin something. And as I started to write, I was like, wait a minute. And I scrolled back to day one where I wrote about how to begin something. (laughs) That's great. Obviously, this is something I'm super passionate about. Um, One of my favorite quotes around why I think this is valuable comes from my absolute favorite childhood movie, which is Mary Poppins, when she says, well begun is half done. And so, like you, Mm -hmm. I've been working with women for so many years, and I know so many women have so much responsibility, so many people to care for. It's hard, or it feels, or it seems hard to find time for themselves, but I'm a firm believer that we could, something is always better than nothing. So even if it's just nine minutes in the morning, which, by the way, anyone can get the ritual, um, it's free on my website, and there's even, like, a video and an audio to go with it. Uh, you go to wildsoulmovement.com forward slash ritual if you want to check it out. 
But um, so it's just we do a little bit of breathing, a little bit of sensual movement, which is just slow movement that gets you out of your head and into your body, right? Because most people, when they're starting the day running, they're thinking, they're already in their to-do list. They're like, they're not connecting with themselves. They're not grounded. They're not present, which kind of gets some people in like this anxious or this stress reactive loop to the rest of the day. So like the day is kind of just going to have them instead of living the day intentionally, consciously. And then the last part of it is just a little bit of journaling, like journaling out what you want, which brings that intention into it, right? I love, I love making this like what I have and what I want list because when we focus on what we already have, we can go, okay, I could take a deep breath. You know, no matter how this day goes, I'm already pretty blessed, which to be honest, like if you're listening to this interview, you're already pretty blessed. <laughs> you have access to technology. Um, you, you can hear, like, you got some great things going on for you right now, probably much more than those two basic things. Um, but then and what I want, and, and you get to, like, want what you want. You get to focus on what you want, which the sneaky part about that is subtly reminding women that you get to have a voice and that you get to have desires and that you get to ask what you want, mm. whether that's from life, God, and the universe, and whatever you believe in, or other people, or also yourself. Love it. I love it. Um, I found also this, I don't remember where I read that when you start your day, like with email even, checking emails and returning emails, you're already serving others instead of taking care of yourself. Yes. That was a big eye-opener for me. I'm like, oh, my God, I spent my whole life just focusing on pleasing other people. Really important to take care of ourselves and to and to know that we have a right to ask for what we want. I love that. Um, and, yeah. to, and to really see our blessings. I mean, yesterday was a crappy day for a lot of people, including me. And I was out, and just just everything seemed hard. And then my headlights went out, and I went to get them fixed. And they're like, oh, this is going to take hours, and, and it's going to cost you hundreds of dollars. And, and I was just like, oh, my God, this is just so hard. And then this guy came over, and he goes, I can fix that for you. And for like 60 bucks, I had both my headlights fixed. I walked out of there. I was like, wow, today's a great day. <laughs> and, and also, uh, can I also just say, like, I know it's a, it's a, it's a challenging time for, to be like sympathetic or appreciative towards men in our culture right now. But like that very thing that you just said is what I love most about men. Like good men mm. in their hearts are helpful and they, like, want to be of service. Like, that has not gone out of style. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah, and appreciate them. I appreciated him so much. Gave him a tip. Yeah. And he was, he was like, very curt, like, give me the headlights. I'll put them in. Darn it. You know, it's just like, but, like, he was, yeah, but he was great. Right. And, and it is important to look for the good because we can easily look for what's not good. And today's election day, so we're not going to talk about politics because there's a lot to talk about there. But um, I wanted to also just kind of segue into dating and your dating life. And uh, today I saw on Facebook that you wrote about online dating (laughs) apps are fodder for your comedy. (laughs) And I have to tell you, first of all, I love it, um, and I want to hear. I want to hear some of it. But I, what a lot of people don't know about me, is I was married to a professional comedian, and oh, yeah. um, I was married to him for 23 years. He had been on SNL like that level. So oh. we, 
Yeah, we co-wrote um, a children's TV show for Nickelodeon, and so I was a comedy writer and director of his comedy and his puppets. Um, we can talk after if you want to hear more. But, yeah, I was very oh immersed I, I in that whole world. Yes, <laughs> I definitely can talk to you for hours about this whole world of comedy. So great. And um, so I love that you're out there doing it, and it takes a lot of guts to get up and and – it's vulnerable to get up in front of an audience and be funny and sometimes bomb and not know how people are going to respond. So yeah, let's talk about that for a minute. Like what made you want to do this? Oh my goodness. So first of all, I have loved stand-up comedy since I was little. I remember being like eight and seeing like Rosie O'Donnell on stand-up spotlight on VH1 and being like, wait a minute this is a job, like, you stand on a stage and you just make people laugh, and, like, I have a really funny family, and, like, I'm obviously, like, a little rambunctious, I've always been this way, and, um, but I never really, like, so I immediately associated comedy with, like, famous people, and, like, being a famous person is nothing I ever had any interest in pursuing, so I was just, like, let it be a thing I enjoyed, not a thing I would actually do, even though throughout the course of my life, I've been doing speaking for many, many, many years, and I'm a funny person, so I know the feeling of, like, being on a stage in front of a lot of people and, like, making them laugh. And it's literally one of the greatest feelings ever So mm-hmm. for me. And my little brother has been doing stand-up for, like, eight years, so we have a lot of friends now who are comics. But this year, I, um, I saw Ali Wong's two specials, Baby Cobra, and I forget what the name of the second one was, Tiger Mom or something like that. And then I was at the Hollywood Improv, and I saw Whitney coming, and I was just like, damn, i got to do this. Like, I'm in L.A. I could just start going to open mics. Like, why would I not just give it a try? But then also there's been some amazing Netflix specials in the last few years where, and I know comedians have always done this. They've always used their platform to speak truth to power, as folks like to say. But there were just some specials this year that really moved me, like, W. Kamal Bell's Private School Negro, Hannah Gatsby's Nanette, and I was like, mm-hmm. Neil Brennan's Three Mics. And I'm like, people are getting more creative, and people are really doing this in a cool way. And, like, I would like, I would like to do this. I don't, and I'm not attached to the outcome, you know? Um, but I think probably because I'm not attached to it, I've gotten some cool opportunities, and, like, I've already had paid gigs, and I've only been doing it for, like, five months, and so it's, it's really fun. It's really exciting. And so, you know, that was it. To me, it was like pushing another edge on creative expression that, like, is really in my heart to do. Hmm. I, lo- I love that you push it, push to the edges all the time. And I think that's, I mean, you know, you're, you love to learn. You love to grow. And I think it's it's a really important part of life. Creativity is an important part of life. I, I just listened to, on NPR, they had a woman who wrote and directed a documentary, semi-documentary film called Unlovable. Have you heard about this? No. Really interesting. Um, I looked it up afterwards, but I was... I was listening to her. It's a story of, of love addiction, of sex addiction. And um, she was a sex addict who was born of a father. They were immigrants from, like, the Philippines, I think. 
and her father was addicted to porn, and she thought that was what love was. That was what sex was. So she had to kind of express her sexuality through sex addiction, through just her body, using her body. And um, she finally got clean and sober, and she said part of her journey was creativity. And um, she went and just, like, totally abstained from sex for quite a long time. And in that time, she went out and explored hobbies and interests that she had never explored before. And I, I thought that was so interesting, that creativity was such an important part of her healing process. So, you know, so amazing. thinking about yeah. it, right? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm an artist, too, and I, I, creativity has been like the fire of my life. So it's, it's about plugging it into many different sources. For me, also, it's, it's painting, it's speaking, it's pushing myself to speak on a stage when I was petrified. So I totally get it, and I, I love making people laugh also. So I just I think it's, it's brave and exciting to see where you're going to be in a couple of years, you know, like yeah. where this is going fun thank you and the vulnerability piece is so interesting because i didn't i I didn't realize it's about comedy where i had a natural leg up is i'm not Mm. afraid to bomb but writing jokes and like never knowing how the material is going to land in any given room that's the part and also for me really wanting to dance like walk the line respectfully of like never degrading myself anyone else or, like, dehumanizing, you know? But, like, sometimes things are just funny, but, like, what's the line of being offensive and, like, actually being problematic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, we straddled that line quite a bit when I was married to my ex-husband. Um, you don't want to – I mean, there are a lot of comedians who use comedy to be passive-aggressive, to mock other people, yeah. especially in the audience, and yeah. that really makes me cringe. Um, yeah. I think you can be quite funny. Like Ellen, to me, is one of the funniest stand-up comics to me because she doesn't mock people. She's just silly, funny, the great observer of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember the first time I saw her on a stage, and I was like, she's something, she's different. She's got something that's clean yeah. and, and really wonderful and she does good in the world too so that's all good all right so let's talk about funny dating stories um so yeah so give us some examples of some funny things that have happened since you started using dating apps oh my all right so let me check in with you first (laughs) and ask like how explicit can i be because some of it is around sexuality and like i don't want to be raunchy but this is one of the things like dating apps invite um you could be pretty explicit i can just add a little caveat when i post this to <laughs> okay, itunes great. that this is uh rated okay. x <laughs> yeah all right so we'll be updated here this is just so funny to me um okay so i was doing an experiment oh have studied copywriting i do a lot of writing and marketing in my own business so um this is another thing about dating apps that i think about a lot um and i have a lot of compassion for like whoever is out there trying to put themselves out there, like most people are not taught how to like speak about themselves or like take good photos. Like I have a website. I have all kinds of great photos. Like I've written about pages on my website for years. Like I'm very comfortable with these things. So I, um, I've been experimenting with the language in my profile. So in one of them, 
I was like, okay, I'm going to write this sentence, looking for a lover or more with the right man to see hmm. what kind of matches that would attract. I had a feeling, I mean, I knew it was a little saucier. I would probably get, like, a lot more, like, sexually explicit kind of connection, um, and that certainly happened. And so this one got, like, I have a pet peeve, and it's that when people start calling you, like, hun, honey, babe, baby, before they've even uh-huh. met you. Like, uh-huh. I don't even want you calling me that until we're, like, dating, you know? Right. It's so weird and unnecessary to me. So that's kind of a red flag for me, but... This guy, like, almost right out of the gate, was like, are you open to something casual? And I was like, yeah. So then he just, like, tells me how big his dick is. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> He's just like, I'm 7.5 inches. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, thanks for letting me know. Like, how, how am I supposed to respond? <laughs> have you measured your vagina yet yeah like i didn't want to be like well yeah like my depth is like i don't know so um so, so strange so there's that but uh-huh. aside from like that that being bizarre i decided like and part part of me is like doing this as an experiment so i'm like okay i'm gonna meet up with this guy and i meet up with them and like we go for a drink and here's the funny thing for as sexually explicit he was in text he was just a nice, normal, fun, kind dude. <laughs> like, we were talking about, like, travel. Like, we had, a, we had such a normal conversation over, like, margaritas and chips and salsa. I was like, is this the same person that, like, several hours ago was, like, letting me know how big his dick is when I clearly didn't ask? So that, to me, is so bizarre so then I'm just going in. I'm just telling you the whole story. So I mean, we had talked about this ahead of time. I was like, listen, I just like, I'm, I'm not making any promises, but I'm going to go back to your place. I'm definitely just letting you know right now. I'm not having sex with you tonight. Um, he's like, it's cool. Like, if anything, like, we can go back to my house, like, make out, lounge. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. So I, I was enjoying the connection. I'm like, all right, fine. So I go back to his house with him. <laughs> and anyway, I won't, I won't get into all the gory details, but what I have found is that you can tell when a man has gotten his sexual education from porn. Uh-huh. Uh, because it's like some of the things they say, Sandy, like he like <laughs> takes it out and he's like, it's so huge. <laughs> but here's the best part. It wasn't. <laughs> and like, again, how, like at least when someone's, texting you ridiculous things you could be like in the comfort of your own home having your reaction but when they're right in front of you and also still like regardless of how awkward any of this is it's still their penis and it's such a thing that they have such vulnerability around even though they might be talking about it like they don't and so I'm not trying to make anyone feel ashamed or demoralized and all I can do is my very best not to laugh and, like, think of, like, I need to set a boundary here. What is happening? And I was like, listen, on a scale of 1 to 10 of awkwardness right now, I'm at, like, a 7. And I think I need to go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's like, a great boundary. Like, it's nothing personal. Like, I am not comfortable, and I got to go. <laughs> I have to go. 
<laughs> not sticking around to see what might happen next. Oh, so, boy. Like, like that. So to me, like, yeah, that's the like, that's thing. more. Uh, yes. It's. I, it's like what they don't realize that women, for the most part, are not looking for that as their number one quality in a man. I mean, right. and uh, I, I had a guy cry on on a date recently. Um, he he kept talking about his ex girlfriend, and I said, "Oh, Aww. when's the last time you were in a relationship?" And he said, two weeks ago." And he got really Aww, sad. And I said, well, why are you out with me? Like, seriously. He goes, I'm totally fine. I'm great. I, why, what You're am I going to do? Stay home and cry. <laughs> he was so not fine. And then he started to cry. And I was just, just like, hey, let's let's just go. And at the end, he walked yeah. me to my car. And he was like, Sandy, I, I have I have a lot of work to do. And I said, yeah, good luck. Aww. Yeah, it was sweet, but, like, he really thought he was ready. He was 100% sure he was a great catch. He was ready two weeks after a six-year relationship ended. It was the only relationship he had after his, yeah, six years. Six six fucking years. Um, Anyway. Right, so it's kind of like, there's also, like, all these question marks around, like, emotional intelligence, awareness, maturity, and, like, like, your respect that the guy wants to be out there and, like, be in the game, but, like, too soon. Yeah, and I don't I don't tell men that it's too soon. Like I used to. I used to go, Oh, you're not ready. You just, just got you know, your wife died a week oh, ago. No, like I you're would not never ready. Say that to them. Yeah. I d no, I don't. <laughs> I don't say it, but it's it's just I'm not gonna date you right now. Um no. we're in different no. places. So so what do you like you're a very evolved woman who speaks her mind, you're clear, you you're what I would call a woman of value and, and you're finding a lack of emotional intelligence in a lot of the people that you're coming in contact with. So how do you deal with that? How do you, how do you handle it? Well, I mean, first of all, on my part, for the most part this year, I've been interacting with people on dating apps. So I think it like kind of comes with the territory. Um, And I think also it is like a lot of, I get to decide like what, what I want to engage with. Um, And so the other thing for me recently, I have some friends who are in amazing long-term relationships, and what I've been finding is that people who are in, like, relationships that they can really describe as, like, great and happy and healthy and sustainable, um, they didn't start that way. And these women mm-hmm. will share with me that, like, they worked on it for years together to get it to that place. And so yeah. one of the things that I'm really in a constant dance with is what am I interested in signing up for and what am I not? So um, I think when you were telling the story about that man that you went on that date with, it reminded mm-hmm. me of this meme that I saw a couple weeks ago that was a man wearing, like, a giant backpack. And in the background there was a picture of a woman, and it said uh, the label on her was woman, and then the label on the backpack was men who don't want to pay for therapy. And it's, it's fu- funny, but what's also true is that because in our culture, men are basically not allowed to have emotions. Like, right, like that's not celebrated, applauded, encouraged. Men mm-hmm. need someone to talk to. And so I yeah, think a do. lot of men are getting that met through dating. Because I noticed this with the dating apps, too. Some people would be fine to, like, be your pen pal indefinitely. Yeah. And, and so for me, like, 
So these kinds of like red flags, right? If someone's just like wanted chatting forever, but not making any effort or taking any initiative to like ask me out or meet me, I got to go. I'm mm-hmm. not going to do that. I, like, cause I personally, I want someone to take the lead. Like, uh, like all of those things you said about me, I appreciate the compliments. Like I run a business. I spend a lot of time being in charge. That is not the yep. dynamic I want in a relationship. I want to be. Do you tell that to men? Relax. Yeah. Like I. Good. This is one of the one of the things that says in my profile is like I appreciate men who are confident, self aware, know what they want, like to lead, and love curves. Because that's the other thing. Mm. Like I'm not mm-hmm. a skinny mini, and I'm I will. My last relationship was with a very narcissistic person, and the number one thing he criticized me about was my body. I will never. Mm stand for that again someone could be Good. amazing the minute he says anything about my body i'm out i would be i could if i wanted to like marry this guy you criticize my body once i would just like literally pick up my shit say nothing and walk out the door never again mm-hmm. so for me just putting that out there like you must love what i literally am and have um and you know these are things that i'm looking for so it's just clear but um the way i handle it is i just i always want to be so kind because I've really learned through all kinds of work that I've done, my, you know, the work that I lead and seminars that I've gone to, we really never know what anyone's trauma or wounds are. And I'm not trying to be judgmental, and I'm not trying to be like a huge bitch or, you know, the person that makes someone feel even more ashamed about the thing that maybe they haven't dealt with. So I always want to be super kind. So, like, even, for example, that guy I was telling you about, he was like, telling me all about his 7.5 inches, um, like, he even afterwards, like, he was, like, texting me to get home, and I was, like, sure, and I texted him, and then he was, like, did you like it with the eggplant emoji? And I was, like, oh my really? God. Like, this guy is obsessed with his dick, and I didn't answer him, but I waited till the morning, and I was, like, hey, it was super fun to meet you. Um, I thought you were super attractive, enjoyed spending time with you. I'm someone who really needs to feel an emotional connection to feel, you know, turned on and want to continue spending time with someone. And that aspect of connection just wasn't there for me. Best of luck with your mm. bubbling. You know, so Great. I needed That's to be beautiful. clear. I wasn't mm-hmm. interested in answering the question because no, actually I didn't like it. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I left <laughs> when, when you pulled it out. Right. So, um, but I do not need to shame you. I don't need to make you feel stupid. Like, I don't need to give you unsolicited feedback you didn't ask for. Mm-hmm. Um, I could just very kindly and very gracefully say, hey, like, not this is not for me, but, like, wish you the best. While also considering my own safety, right? Because I think that's something, that's something I've never thought about as much before. But when we see, mm-hmm. like, how men are showing up in the world violently in some ways these days, it also makes me want to not be, not give anyone a reason who want to hurt or harm me in any way. Mm. Yeah, you make a lot of good points. And I think taking the high road, first of all, is always the best thing to do. Uh, what I find in my Facebook group that I run is that so many women ask questions about why men do what they do. Like, why did he, why did yeah. he say his penis was seven and a half inches? And why do, why do men treat me like this? And why do they ghost? And why... And those are not the right questions, in my opinion. You know, those are not good. You can ask yourself those questions, like, for a year, and you will not get the answers because they do it for all kinds of reasons. But the real question to ask yourself is more of a high-value question, which would be, 
do I want to hang around with a guy who keeps whipping out his penis and talking about it? Do I want to yeah, no. you know, connect with somebody, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> but that's, that's yeah. those are the questions you should be asking yourself. Like somebody in my group was friend zoned after being with somebody for eight months, and she wanted her question was how to stay present while she was in the friend zone. And I was just like, that's the wrong question. You know, you're right. The right question to ask is, do I want to be friends with this guy who just friends on me? You know, after being yeah, with him yeah. for eight months, do I really want to be in that relationship? So, you know, we really have to take back our power and stop feeling so disempowered in the whole dating world, but also not be mean about it and vengeful. Totally. And yeah, it's it's yeah. exhausting to date that way. So um, this is this is fun. Can I say, you know, can I say one more thing about that? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, so my work in Wild Soul Movement is about, like, embodiment. And it's about, like, really using your body, like, learning your body's unique language of the senses. And so, like, as a way of knowing what your communication, uh, what your intuition and your truth is communicating with you. And so mm-hmm. that, this is one of the things that I really, really pay attention for when I'm dating is how do I feel while I'm with this person and how do I feel after Mm-hmm. Um, because I notice different men bring out different energy in me, right? Like I have this one mm-hmm. man who, like, he's like my favorite lover ever in the, like of all time. So, and he, we have this easy, fun, natural, super steamy, but also really loving and deep connection. And it always like we agree, like it literally feels like going to the spa after we hang out. It's so nourishing so enlivening, Mm. so energizing. So, like, yeah, that's something I'll continue doing. You know, like, a date I went on recently, I actually felt very nervous around this man. But I realized later, it wasn't a bad nervous. The thing that, and this says a lot about my experiences with men, that I was unfamiliar with was the feeling of, it was respect. He was, like, a grown-ass man who had his shit together, travels, adventures, dude. I was like, oh, cool. Good to know that, like, my system wasn't attuned to that. Mhm. Yeah. So I pay attention to how I feel during and after. I love that. I, I think, you know, I'm so glad you brought up the feeling part because actually men date this way. Men are much better at listening to their feelings than women. They, they, they either feel something or they don't feel something and they don't intellectualize it and say, well, you know, she was yeah. really nice. I wasn't attracted to her, but, you know, I'll give her six more dates. And women are like... <laughs> Let me see how I can twist myself into a pretzel and somehow make this work, no, even though it's no. obvious that it's not working, right? So yes. we just need to get back to the simple, how do I feel? How do I feel when I'm with him? Yeah. How do I feel after I leave him? And that's why, like, the energy. And, like, when you brought up the man with the 7.5, um, we'll just call him 7.5. He, we'll call him 7.5. He's, he, was, <laughs> he was completely different in text than he was in person, uh, at the bar mm-hmm. and then different in his home so it's it's your energy the energy that we exchange is so important i mean my daughter was dating online she's she is single for the first time in a while she's 23 and um she was talking to a bunch of guys on tinder and and she hadn't met any of them and i said you got to get off messaging and just meet them and she said but I, i'm scared and i said but you're investing mm-hmm. all this time and energy in these guys that you don't know anything about. You know, oh, but he seems so great. He's, you know, we have the same taste in music. And, and I'm like, energy, your energy is valuable. 
Preserve it. <laughs> totally. Right? Yeah. 100%. Ah, oh, man. This is a topic we could talk about for hours, but unfortunately we're out for of hours. time. Um, this has been fantastic, really. I'm so happy to have you on the show, Elizabeth. And um, So enjoyable. Thank you. Thank you. Can you tell tell everybody how to find you? Yeah, um, wildstillmovement.com is the main website. And if, uh, if you like social media on Instagram, at Elizabeth Bialto, um, which I'm sure you'll have links and show notes and stuff, um, those, are the, yeah. those are the two easiest, best places to connect. Okay, awesome. And good luck with, with your dating life. And I would love to talk to you more about the comedy world and good luck with everything. Oh, my God, yes. I'll send you a Facebook message. Thank you. Okay, perfect. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. And if you love our show, please rate and review us. We would be so grateful and help more people find out about Your Last First Date Radio. And we hope you go on Your Last First Date very soon. Have a great day. (laughs) 